This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We were talking about uh, good humans during the break, Gordon. Should we talk to a good human? Just one of the good guys. Let's ask him what I, what I, you know, what he thinks about my idea for his name change. Do we really have to? No. Okay. Uh, let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. It's no mystery. Utah is in extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Smartly find out more at smartrain.net. He covers BYU, well, and Utah, but he covers BYU football for the uh, Deseret News. He's our friend Jay Drew. What's going on, Jay? Hey, guys. Good afternoon. It's going well. Hey, you, uh, you stoked football's back? Yeah, for sure. It's a lot different than last year when BYU opened camp and didn't know if they had an opponent to play until mid-October. Um, so a lot different this year, but, uh, yeah, great to be back. So, Jay, we, we played the sound of Kalani's interview, and we heard your question about the coaches and how many of them were vaccinated and all that sort of thing. It seems like Kalani at times – I love the dude – but he, at times, is playing dodgeball. I mean, there were a bunch of questions that were asked that he didn't want to answer. What? How do you handle that? Yeah, that's always difficult. Uh, you know, you want to stay on their good side, so they'll keep answering questions. So, But there's a fine line to you kind of walk where, you know, you uh, you try to be professional, and but you also uh, have to pry. And uh, it's it, it's difficult, um, but uh, you're right, Gordon. Uh, Kalani's often kind of reverts into that mode of of uh, not directly answering questions or deferring them to other people, um, which are impossible to, to you know reach at that particular moment. So uh, uh, yeah, it's a it's one of the more difficult parts of the job. Uh, he he's uh, pretty savvy when it comes to media. If, if he doesn't want to give out information, he doesn't give it out. That's why, for sure. Why do you think he would be hesitant about giving out uh, percentages of, of his players who are vaccinated? That that's a little curious to me. I think it's all all part of BYU being a private institution and and kind of I don't know if the word is hiding behind uh, that as far as where they lack transparency. Um, kind of using that as uh, falling upon that as an excuse, or I—that's I, probably it. I'm, I'm probably he's probably been told by his superiors that, that that's not a number that BYU wants to to get out. My hunch, and, and you know, it's just a hunch, is that is that they're not uh, there are you know the percentages probably aren't good or aren't where they want them to be for whatever reason, and uh, in fact, I've had a few kind of sources have kind of told me that. Um, So, you you know, it's probably a combination of those two things where they're not really happy with with the numbers Um, because I know for certain that Kalani is encouraging that he wants to see players vaccinated and his coaching staff vaccinated. So so I think it's a combination of, of those kind of two things. 
So, you know, coaches don't say a whole lot, particularly at the, the beginning of camp or media days or whatever. I think we're all kind of used to that. But, you know, a, a lot of times, Jay, there's a vibe around the coaching staff when they think that they're going to be pretty good. And I'm sure you hear little whispers from from places when they, you know, the coaching staff is is confident with, with where the team's at. So with it, with with that in mind, uh, take us back to your hippie years, Jay. Read the vibe. What are, what are the vibes telling you? <laughs> You know, the vibe's telling me that uh, Kalani leans a lot towards Lavelle Edwards' style where, uh, you know, unlike Bronco, he kind of downplayed everything. He's, you know, if this and this happens, if we stay healthy, we have a chance to be a good team. He's, he's usually a guy that falls on that spectrum of uh, under-promising and over-delivering. Reminds me kind of what Rick Majeros used to do, of all people. But uh, um, so the vibe I got is that Kalani's kind of quietly confident, I think. he's uh, He acknowledges that they have a lot of proving still to do after last year in the schedule. And, and uh, you know, it wasn't obviously one of the harder schedules. And then uh, Aaron Roderick is a little more, I, I don't know, direct and uh, a little more uh, prone to, to basically letting his kind of feelings show, I guess. And the vibe I get from Aaron is that, at least on the offensive side, that they're going to be really good, that, that they've got all the pieces in place to maybe not match what they did last year, obviously, with a, with a phenomenal quarterback. But, but I think he's happy with the personnel he has, especially after getting the receiving core built up with the transfers from Washington and Utah. So I, I, think, uh, I think the vibe is mostly good. Um, I think if there's any concerns, it's probably on defense. We didn't really talk to any defensive coaches today, at least in the press conference. So maybe kind of we'll probably have to wait for Monday on that. But uh, but overall, I I think the vibe is I would describe it as kind of a quiet confidence. How do you think they feel about their quarterback situation? Obviously, everybody always asks who the starter is going to be, Jay. And and I'm not so sure. I you know I don't care so much about. Asking, finding that out. What I'm curious about is, are they confident that one of those guys is going to shine? Yeah, I think I think uh, Aaron Roderick has said, you know, first at media day, he said uh, if Jaron Hall stays healthy, he's going to be hard to beat out. Um, and then uh, he's also said that we can win football games with any of these three guys, Conover, Jaron Hall, or Baylor Romney. And he points to the, you know, two years ago when, when Hall and Romney led him to wins. And then Conover's, every time he talks about Conover, it's just like this guy has a really, really high ceiling. This guy can, can has the potential and the tools to be really good. So, um, so yeah, I think they're really comfortable with all three, to be honest with you. Um, I, yeah, I don't think they'll, they'll want to roll out a true freshman, Jacob Conover, in week one. So I'm I'm uh, leaning towards the other two as more of a of a two man battle right now with probably Jaron Hall a little bit in the lead, you know if you can kind of read the tea leaves. So, um, but but yeah, to answer your question, they I think they love all three, and I think they think all three of them could be really good quarterbacks there. You think Conover has the the most talent of all? I, you know, I just judging by his recruitment and that, I mean, it was a while ago, you know, before a mission, but, but from everything I've heard from just, you know, coaches talking, maybe even teammates, um, as far as uh, 
kind of been in the BYU system and what they are looking for, I, I think he's he's probably the most talented guy because he's he's probably got the he's probably got the most talented arm. He's um, he's obviously not as as mobile as is what Jaron Hall has shown to be in past games, and he might not have the kind of the pocket presence or the poise that Baylor Romney had. But but uh, I mean, this kid coming out of high school had offers from everybody. Um, you're talking Alabama, USC, you know, all the big ones. So uh, so there must be something there that those coaches saw as well. Jay, you mentioned earlier that the the questions are probably more on defense. I, I guess I, I would ask you, what's question number one? What are you going to lead with when you get to talk to those defensive coaches? You know, I, I think the biggest thing is the defensive line. They just they're kind of starting over in a way. They lost you know three key guys, uh, seniors that are trying to make it in the NFL, and they lost a a guy to the transfer portal, Savaliaki, and so uh, you know. The guys they got, they got some good guys that have been in the system for a while, but don't have a lot of playing experience. So, I would say that was that'd be number one, and then number two is just the safety position. Um, they lost, you know, Troy Warner and Zane Anderson to graduation, and and uh, Chaz Ayu has had a lot of injury issues. He'll probably be one of the starters there, and then who will be the second starter at safety? The free safety starter is really up in the air, and whoever it is will have very very little experience. So. So that would be another big question I would have for him. Those linebackers are pretty good, aren't they? Yeah, they do. They got really, really good linebackers, guys who have shown for a couple of years, you know, Keenan Peely and Peyton Wilgar and and uh, Max Tooley are probably the three there. You got Josh Wilson kind of backing up now as, as uh, you know, Zach's brother. And he's he's really heady, smart player, might be a little bit undersized. But, but yeah, I think uh, – I think Easily linebacker would be the strength of the defense right now. Jay, want to ask you about conference realignment, which is back. Um, how does you know how is BYU positioning itself? I guess uh, with uh, with what's going on with Texas and Oklahoma and the fallout from that. Yeah, you know, kind of people I've talked to just kind of you know maybe peripheral outside you know inside sources or however you want to. Uh, they just say, hey, they're monitoring the situation. They know, obviously, they're they're trying to, you know, cross all their dot all their eyes, cross all their t's, to do all their due diligence and say if this happens, what would be best for BYU? If this another thing happens, what would be best? But I think the 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 biggest fear is that if everything goes to these super conferences, sixteen teams like the FCC is doing. That you know BYU will will basically be forced into joining a conference and would would really really be hurting if they were not part of that uh, whatever you want to call it 64 team kind of uh, grouping top tier grouping of of four 16 team conferences. So that's the feeling I get. I don't really have any true inside knowledge of any phone calls made or any overtures made on that. Uh, but uh, obviously BYU officials are keeping a really, really close eye on it. What's the value of BYU football? I mean, do you think that they have what is necessary to attract that kind of opportunity uh, despite what's happened in the past? Yeah, I do. I, I think they belong among those. If you are divided into you know 64, I think you look at their national fan base, and right now it's everything's moving towards you know streaming and 
cord cutting and and they got the fans that are going to are going to pay the money to watch them play which i think is going to come and it's going to come down to we saw i think it was notre dame announced their first game is going to be kind of a pay-per-view so uh available only on streaming so i think byu can can point to that they can point to their tradition they can point to their espn contract their fan you know around 60,000 per game, their stadium, their facilities. So I think BYU has a lot to offer uh, in terms of, uh, in the bottom line, it's money. Obviously, it's, it's how many you know people are, or how much money or value can they add to a, to a conference. And, and I think they can as well as most other you know, programs that are in that 64. Jay Drew, excuse me, is with us. He uh, he covers BYU for the Deseret News. <clears throat> Jay, what do you think the next step is? Just as a guy who's been around and covered college football for so long, what happens next? Do you think the those Big Twelve schools scatter? You think uh, the Big Ten comes after uh, Pac twelve teams? I don't know. What do you think's next? Yeah, I think it's all on the kind of going to come down to the AAC or the Big Twelve kind of which I, I just don't see the Big Ten or the Pac-12 wanting to be put in a position where they have to kind of keep up with what the FCC is, SEC is doing. So my personal feeling is I think it's the whole crux is going to be upon the what happens to the existing members of the Big 12. Are they going to mm-hmm. stick together? Are they going to kind of make a pact that, hey, we're sticking together, we're going to maybe add a few teams? I think that would be the best-case scenario for BYU because I think, uh, you know, they're a better cultural fit for those Big 12 schools than they would be for for the Pac-12 and even the, you know, even probably a Big 10, which is probably a pipe dream. But but just academically and where they are as far as a research institution. And then uh, I just think their best case is that the Big 12 teams decide, hey, we need to get more than eight, and we need to stick together, and we need to get the three or four teams that are – add the most value and you know and then you would probably be looking at BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, Central Florida and then you know maybe go from there maybe a Boise State, maybe a Memphis, I don't know but but uh, those are definitely the candidates if I were the Big 12 existing schools that I'd be looking at to to stay intact. Jay if if the Pac-12 feels like BYU is a bad cultural fit, why do they keep scheduling them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good question. For some reason, the, there's this you know AAU uh, group. I can't even think of it. It's a, the most prestigious colleges, especially the ones that do research. And uh, and for some reason, these even the Big Ten does it. They say we want to be you know allied with with only t- only these AAU institutions. I know the Pac-12 commissioner at Media Day the other day said that that's not necessarily a Pac-12 criteria for joining, but but uh, but I think you know some obviously some people will point to uh, maybe a touch of religious bigotry. I don't know. I, I I'm sure you guys have had Rondell Felberg on on your air. I've, I talked to him just the other day for a story, and and he mentions that all the time. I you know I don't know if that's a, maybe a persecution complex or something, but but you got to wonder, uh, you know, why why the individual schools will schedule BYU, but collectively they don't want uh, BYU in the league. And you can obviously – the other thing is the Sunday play thing. That's not going away. And, uh, you know, that's kind of an easy out, I guess. You could 
you could say. And I think it's an understandable out, really, if you want to just say, hey, they just, you know, it puts too much of a crimp in our style to add a program that won't play on Sundays. So there's a lot of reasons, Gordon. I, I mean, you call them nice about it a lot over the years, and I just, I don't know. I mean, it's just uh, one of those things that it's obviously going to be out there probably for a long time. Jay, how much pressure, if any, do you think is on this iteration of Cougars uh, based on what they were able to accomplish last year? Do they have to substantiate what was done? Do they feel like that's something they need to do? Or is it, hey, baby, this is a whole new thing and we're not even thinking about what happened a year ago? I think they're going to talk about the latter. And like you said, I think that's Kalani, what Kalani is going to bring. But I can guarantee you they are feeling the pressure. They know there's a lot on the line. There's a lot of validation to be done. There's a lot of, uh, you know, in golf, uh, Gordon, some guys play a game where you make a birdie, but you don't get a cash in on it unless you make a par on the next hole. Uh, they call it validation, and my buddies sometimes will play it. And I think it's, I think it's totally for BYU, especially from a national perspective and how they are perceived nationally. Um, if they lay an egg and go out and go, you know, five and seven and against this really much more difficult schedule without Zach Wilson, you know, I think a lot of people are just going to say last year was a fluke. It was just a product of the schedule. And uh, and they might be right, you know. So, yeah, I, I think there's huge pressure, and I think the Cougars, especially their coaching staff, uh, I think they all know it. Jay, thanks for dropping by. We appreciate you. Okay, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Jay. See you, buddy. You bet. That's our friend Jay Drew. Deseret News, covering BYU. Also Utah basketball, but uh, talking BYU football. Veteran. Been covering college sports for a long, long time. Is he the one you called old right when we brought him on at one time? I may have, but I meant it. Nothing. Uh, Was it him? Maybe it's Dork Facer. I don't know. It was somebody that you just talked about. How You just insulted him. uh, uh, I didn't insult him. I meant it as a compliment. Stop insulting our guests. <laughs> Jay Jay is really, really good at what he does. And every once in a while, he'll make uh, the fans of the team he covers a little upset because he's uh, fairly straightforward with his uh, truth-telling. Well, I I was a little surprised by the vibe he's reading down there. Just, I'm not, what, how did he put it, quietly optimistic? Yeah, I think that, that's what he said. And Jay's been covering that team for a long no, time. No, he and has. He, and just, he knows. He, it may not be true. I mean, it, it may not turn out to be correct. No, I, know. I know. But the, the, the vibe is true, what he senses. Oh, I'm sure it is. I'm not doubting that. It's just a different vibe than I'm having about BYU. What, do you, what vibe are you having? See, but that's the thing is I, I, I really don't know. So I it, in past experience, when college teams lose – big-time players to the NFL, and specifically a lot of players to the NFL, the next year there's usually more positivity surrounding the team than is deserved. The The example I always point out, the 05 Utes were picked to win the Mountain West Conference. The 05 Utes lost tons of just incredible players that you absolutely cannot replace overnight, including the number one pick. But yet the media still voted them number one in the preseason media poll. Here, Here's where they, I, I hear what you're saying, but here's where I, I diverge from that a tad bit. 
is I think that there was more talent in BYU's program last year than I than we realized. And well, I understand that they lost some of it, but they still have some of it too. I mean, that running back situation is fantastic. Well, yeah. I, and and yeah. he mentioned the receivers. I mean, you get the Nakua brothers in there, and uh, you know, Gunnar Romney is uh, is a fine talent, and you mix that with their tight end. Uh, you know, they, they have talent down there and more talent than I, I thought. Now, is it capable of overcoming the loss of the number two pick in the NFL yeah. draft? I I don't know because a year ago we Jay was talking about what Aaron Roderick was saying a year ago. Right now he was saying that he didn't know who his starting quarterback was going to be. And you and I know a Rod really well. He's not a liar, and I don't know whether he was just keeping his mind wide open, or or was waiting for someone to to grab the bull by the horns. But they didn't even know what they thought they might or might not have last year at this time. Well, I don't know if I ever believed that. But. You think you think that they knew all along that it was going to be Zach coming off of the year he had before? Yeah, I do. I I don't know. I'm not as certain as that. He was hurt the year before. Are. They knew that. Yeah. He but, beat USC the year before. I know, but who did he lose to? You know? I mean, so... But but anyway, we're we're getting the, the lost point in the is point the is. point is that I think BYU does have more talent in the program than than I thought they did, and I think some of that talent, a, a good portion of that talent, is still there, even though there are some holes that need to be filled. Uh, and and Jay mentioned the defense last year, and and in the past years, BYU has struggled to put pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Well, well, and they, and they don't even have. And who are they gonna? Who's gonna put the pressure on the quarterback this time around with a whole new group? But just real quick, commenting on your on your talent point, okay? With the with the O five Utes, that was a really talented team. You just can't replace those really good players overnight. I mean, the O five Utes had a lot of the young players that ended up being the O eight Utes, <laughs> but it, you just can't do it overnight. Yeah, okay. That that's that's more what I'm saying. Not that there aren't dudes that are going to be good for the future of BYU football. You just can't. Take a young guy and say, hey, guess what? You're Kairos Tonga now mm-hmm. to your defensive line point. Yeah. And maybe somebody becomes that, but doing it overnight, that that ain't easy, yeah. I guess, is is my point. Okay. You lose a that's lot, a and point. the quality that you, that you lose, that's tough to replace all that overnight. That really is my entire point. I wonder if, if there is so much concern over the replacing of Zach Wilson, I wonder if these quarterbacks really are. Is it a situation where they do have three quality quarterbacks down there and any one of them can win games? Or is it a situation where if you got three quarterbacks, you got none? People can respond. I don't know the answer to that. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wow. 
This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire, every day, with no credit needed financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big thanks to Jay Drew for jumping on with us. We'll get uh, to some jazz basketball coming up uh, a little bit later on. But do you want to hear from Coach Witt? Yes, I do. We heard from Coach Satake uh, in the – what time is it? In the 2 o'clock hour. Now let's hear from Coach Witt in the 3 o'clock hour. Hey, we do like a five-hour show. Man. Does anybody don't... really know what time it is? No. Does anybody really care? It just You and I just uh, jump on air, shoot off our big bazoos <laughs> until somebody tells us it's time to stop. <laughs> that's, that's, that's truer than I wish it were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and go. And stop. <laughs> and get out. That's our life. Yeah, and get out. And and make sure the door shuts behind you on the way out. It's true. That's the, the one major rule. All right, let's hear from Coach Witt. Here's his uh, thoughts from Utes Camp. How did day one go? Well, good. It was good just to be out there and not have masks on and, and all that stuff that uh, we dealt with over the past year. And so it was a uh, spirited practice, as you'd expect, on day one. Uh, we got a lot of guys that are that are back from injuries that appear to be all the way back and healthy, Cam Rising being one of those guys. And so a lot of positive things, but we got a lot of work to do, and we got 24 practices to, to get it done in. So we've got our work cut out for us. Where is Cam as far as his injuries? Is he 100%? 100%. Yep, looked great today, looked like his old self. And uh, I detected no lack of arm strength. He took every rep that he was supposed to take and uh, said he felt great. And then uh, Mac, Max Dupai, he's not on the roster, is there? No, it doesn't look like Max will be with us this year. And so that's uh, unfortunate, and uh, we'll miss him. But uh, it's he's going he's gonna to be uh, not with us as far as uh, playing for us. Last year you waited until the first game to, to announce who you're – well, not even really announce, but trot him out on the field for your starting QB. Are you going to have a similar plan this year? Or what's you know, I haven't thought that far ahead with the announcement. Uh, we're just trying to get the, the competition – up and going and, and uh, start the evaluations. And uh, once we get close to naming a guy, then we'll talk about how we're going to handle that. So I couldn't give you a good answer right now. How'd your running backs look on day one? Really good, really good. Tavion Thomas is a great addition. He's out of shape, but he's 240 pounds, about 6'3", and, and uh, he probably needs to drop 15 pounds, but but uh, he looked really good today. TJ Pledger looked good. Chris Curry looked good. Makai Bernard looked good. And so uh, we think we've got a pretty good stable of, of backs to draw from. Is the approach this year kind of like it was in camp last year where you didn't have a lead guy and yep. you just let it play out? At, at this point, you know, we got a lot of football left before we line up and play, a lot of practices. But at, right now, if we went into a game, we'd have four guys that uh, would get reps. Are there things individually that stand out about those running backs? Yeah, yeah. Really Tavion's out. just a big – he's like the uh, the back from Tennessee. I mean, that's his style, just a big uh, physical uh, – you know, runner that's got speed to get to the outside. Chris Curry, uh, more of a, a scat back, more like what we had in John White several years ago. Or excuse me, T.J. Pledger. Uh, Chris Curry's a bigger back. Um, he's a, a lot like Tavion, not quite as big, but uh, same style. And then Makai Bernard is uh, just a terrific athlete. He's got uh, a great set of hands. Could play wide receiver if we needed him to. He's He's got that skill set, so he's a guy that uh, really is – uh, has a lot. He's multi-talented. So all four of them bring something different to the table. And, and uh, right now it's equal reps, and uh, we'll just see how it plays out. With Max not being here, I assume you're going to lean heavily on X Carlton and Van Fillinger. Do you feel like those guys are ready to take the step? Yep, they are. And they had uh, good uh, experience last year. And so even though 
true freshman on the roster. They're not true freshman experience-wise. And you add Miki Sugutaranga to that group. He'll be the fourth guy. And uh, that's what we're going to go with. And we'll you know, figure out who's going to be number five and six as we go through fall camp. How valuable is it in a quarterback competition to have a guy like Nick Ford there at center uh, kind of as that, as that leader? Yeah, having Nick Ford at center is a valuable situation no matter what the circumstances. And he's he is one of our team leaders without a doubt. He's voted team captain. Now we'll re-vote in a couple weeks for fall captains. But as of right now, he's a captain. He's a, our veteran O-lineman. He's started and, and played exceptionally well in a bunch of games for us through his career here. We're related that he came back, and uh, he's uh, done a great job of leading all summer long, and he uh, picked up today uh, right where he left off uh, in summer workouts. Who are some of the guys you're looking at at that other safety put, uh, spot next to Vontae Davis? Uh, we got Cole Bishop, who is very promising, had a good spring. Uh, McKinney, Brandon McKinney, who transferred in from Washington, is going to be a guy that's a factor there. Uh, Kamoi Latu from Hawaii is, has made good progress, so that's four guys, and we got another couple guys. We'll see, kind of same as the defensive end situation, see who emerges as the fifth and sixth safety. Anybody else not here that you expected to be here? Everybody's here okay. except Max, and and, uh, and we didn't expect that. We've uh, had an inclination for for a while now that he was not going to be able to be with us, but uh, everyone else made their grades or whatever they had to do to get here, and they're here and uh, practicing today. Is Kane Savage staying a wide receiver? No. Kane and Ben Renfro moved back to defense. Uh, ben to uh, safety, Kane to corner. How do the new re receivers look? I know it's only day one, <laughs> but they've worked at Theo Howard, Munir McLean. Theo did a nice job today, made some really good catches. Uh, Munir McLean is going to be uh, a weapon for us. He's out of shape. He's much like Tavion Thomas, the running back. He's he's about 15 pounds overweight, but he's got the, the uh, skill set. He just has to get himself uh, body weight where it needs to be and in shape. Where do you guys stand as a team at the vaccination rate at this point? Nah, we're 92% with the people that are in camp. So that we got 117 is the camp number. You get 110 plus your super seniors. We only have super seniors, uh, seven super seniors when you take Max out of the equation. He was the eighth guy. So we got 117 guys, and I think it was uh, nine that aren't vaccinated. Nine or eight, anyway. Is, it, is there anything to kind of help those other guys, or is it just kind of personal decisions? Personal decisions, and, and some of the guys uh, from the feedback I get of the guys that are completely non-vaccinated, we have two or three guys that are almost completely vaccinated. There's, the time frame hasn't ticked off yet, but uh, the, of the guys that have not even started the process, there's two or three who are contemplating. So ideally, we could get to 95% plus, and that's probably about as good as we could get. Will any of this conference realignment stuff affect Utah or Pac-12 this year? Do you feel like that's just outside noise? Uh, outside noise for now. I think it'll affect the Pac-12 down the road. But I can't tell you exactly how it's going to play out, but I think there will be an impact. But as of, as of right now, no, we don't even pay attention to it. Coach, when it comes to veterans on your team, who are you expecting to kind of step up and be a leader? Devin Lloyd, Nick Ford, Britton Covey. Uh, Charlie Brewer, even though he's not a veteran with us, he's a veteran at, at the Division One level. Cam Rising, um, Nephi Sewell, uh, Mika Tafua, uh, Soloinus. Uh, our tight ends are great leaders, Brant, Brant Keithy, uh, uh, 
Cole Fotheringham and Dalton Kincaid, all those guys doing a nice job. So we got we have no shortage of leadership on this team. This feels a lot like the 19 team in a lot of regards. At that at that wideout position, uh, you also have Devon Bailey. Is he a guy who's going to factor in, especially after coming off a really good spring? Without it, without a doubt, had a good start today, and and uh, he's a guy that uh, has a, a great skill set. He's got great size, and he will be in the mix as well. We got about seven or eight receivers right there in the mix. So so I, I know that we ask this probably every year. Does that mean you're going to pass the ball a little bit more? Uh, we think that we need to do a better job throwing the ball this year. That's that's one of our uh, objectives. Now, you know, we're not going to drop back and throw it 60 times, but we need to be more productive, have more, uh, and be more efficient in the throw game. All right, Gordon. Here here is where I'll I'll meet you on on our our discussion about Utah throwing the ball more. They need to be better at it than they were last year. Feel pretty safe. <laughs> Are you going to concede to be, that? I don't think they need to do it more than they did last year. They just need to be better at it than they were. It last means year. opposing teams need to know that that is a threat, a real threat. And if the Utes get to the point where it is, they're going to win a conference championship. I'll say it right now. They will win a Pac-12 championship if they get themselves to the point where they can throw the ball efficiently and effectively. Because the other stuff's going to be taken care of. The defense is there. The run game is there. You heard him singing the praises of his running backs. I mean, he's very high on those guys. And should give them the ball. Yeah, I agree. And should give them the ball some of the time. Give them the ball a lot. Like a lot. You are so damn stubborn. I just told you they needed to be more efficient than they were last year. They need to run it a lot. They need to throw the ball enough for it to be a threat and for it to be an effective threat. And it sounds to me like Kyle knows that. I'm proud of him. He's come a mark. long way. Except for that he said that exact thing before every year, every single one. So how far has he come? <laughs> I don't know. I guess we're going to have to wait and find out. Jeez, all right. Maybe he'll maybe he'll allow Andy Ludwig to, uh, you know, throw it around a little bit. Stay tuned. More next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire every day. With no credit needed, financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. It's Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Join uh, Hanson Scotty uh, up at Valley View Golf Course for the Mountainland Supply golf tournament coming up tomorrow those guys are going to be there from 10 to 2 hanging out with good folks at mountain land supply and uh valley view golf course i love that course yeah you gotta hit a long way right? very nice very nice course should be a good time uh for those guys it's time to get to a market update brought to you by our friends at trydaytrading.com now anyone can be a day trader visit trydaytrading.com uh, how the markets do today, Gordon? Jake, the Dow today was up nigh on to 272 points. Nigh on. The NASDAQ was uh, up uh, nigh under 115 points. And the S&P was up uh, just over 26 points. All right. So you're having a good day. 
So it's a good day in that regard. And what's good for the market is good for most people. Well, for you anyway. Well, for most people. Yeah, I mean, you're having a good day. <sighs> yeah, I feel better. I'm sure you do. <laughs> I feel better. Uh, Gordon. I have uh, a question for you. Yeah. Lloyd just came into the studio and he said, "How do? You, what's your opinion on the, the medal count at the Olympics? Do you count all the medals that any country has won? Is it the most total medals that you look at or is it the most gold medals you look at? I don't have the medal count in front of me right now. Last time I saw it, China was up on the U.S. about, what, five gold, something like that? But the U.S. had more total medals. Where are you in this debate? Well, Gordon. <laughs> Here we go. I just don't care enough you, to have an opinion. You don't care. You're, you're assuming that each gold medal counts the same. I don't care who gets the gold medal in underwater breath holding. <laughs> it's still a skill. It's still a talent. Like you got to work at it. You know, I care much more about medals in the big events. And I know the U.S. is not doing terrifically well in track and field, for example. Those, those are big-time Olympic see, events. Did you guys see the Team USA 4x100 relay team? What was that? What they finish in that? Uh, uh, was that the semi or is that the final? I don't even know, but they finished sixth. But what happened there? I know there was a bobble on one of the handoffs. That ain't right. That ain't, and I'm not even a nationalistic kind of guy. I mean, because I see value in other countries and uh, have spent some time in other countries. And so I like to see it. It's not like I sit there and go, ah, you know, the United States has to win everything. But I, I'm just surprised by that. But if I don't care about the events, why would I care who got the medal? Uh, so you have no national pride in these in these matters at all. I just like okay. So let's say the the Chinese got a really good about at a bunch of fringe sports that are somehow uh, events. They're really good at diving, right? And I'm I'm just using them as an example. But like I I just don't you know. The, the canoeing stuff, I don't care. I don't care. So so why would I think it's some sort of national pride that because there's a medal a for that? it's a contest. It's a battle of wills. It's a battle of skills. I know, but I don't see you caring about, uh, like, somebody <laughs> playing, uh, what, what what's the odds or evens, you know, two guys on the street corner battling it out with paper, rock, scissors. You know, I don't care. I don't care. Is that an Olympic event? I was unaware. Right. Do you do you care who wins the breakdancing medals? So why would I put, like, associate pride with a total? There's too many events anyway. Hey, if they're keeping score, if as long as there's a scoreboard, you, you can feel one way or the other about it. I, f- I found out yesterday that rock climbing is in, like, yeah. speed rock climbing. Another thing I don't care about. Right. Well, I don't care. I, I, I don't yeah. care. You don't either. Yeah, but I, I, I like to see. Again, I, I'm not a nationalistic type, but I do like, you know, it's nice to see people from the United States do well. I guess I'm just saying both scoreboards are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Wow. I think your opinion is you're in the vast minority. Okay. Terrific. You know, uh, let's do a win, the Winter Olympics, because I, I went to a few of those events when they were here in 02. And listen, I went to the Super G, and I cared about who won that. Why? Because it was exciting. Well, some of these but other I events also, are exciting, but too. I also went to ice dancing, and I didn't care at all. <laughs> in fact, I think we left early. <laughs> I don't even think I looked to see who won. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's like a bees game, huh? Uh, I, I would say I had more concern about the outcome of the of a bees game than I would the the ice ice dancing event that I went to. I don't care. But Super G, heck yeah. So you have no pride whatsoever as far as what the United States does as a citizen of this country. You could not care less. If the U.S. is winning the medal count, uh, if if it's a specific event, I'll jump on board and and wave the red, white, and blue if I care about it. It is interesting that uh, you know you have one diving event where you know somebody wins a gold medal and that counts the same as the entire basketball tournament. Right. Exactly. So I mean, one seems a little to carry a little more weight than the other. But yet we count them but as one, the and that's the, that. That's both the scoreboards are dumb. Metal count is dumb. Again, I I see myself as having a worldview, uh, and I don't think that the U.S. needs to win everything. But I I do feel happy when U.S. athletes do well, even in an event that you had no idea existed. <laughs> I'm aware of most of the events at the Olympics. I doubt it. Have you ever looked at the the list of events at the Olympics? I, I, I have it. looked at the list, and I have watched. I've watched kayaking at the Olympics since 1972. They need to lop off about 60% of the sports at the Olympics. Oh, I, I, I don't think so. Look, I have no interest in pole vaulting, but I'd like to see the U.S. win. Oh, pole vaulting. That's that's a gnarly sport, isn't it? I mean, that just looks dangerous to me. Pole vaulting is a lot more interesting than a lot of other sports out there. What sport? Uh, I mean, what sport are you having the most problem with? Well, I don't know. Let's see here. There's... Synchronized swimming or something? Uh, don't they have synchronized diving here. too? I mean, does mountain biking really need to be an event? Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of people are interested in that. Trampoline. Well, that's a skill. I even think badminton's kind of cool, and so is uh, table tennis. Of course, I was an accomplished table tennis player myself, but, you know. Handball? Is there a difference? Is there a handball and a beach handball? I don't know, no. but handball Isn't that is the like one where the, 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 one of the, I think the, the it's Federation was essentially saying that you have to wear a bikini? Like, if you put to, any. Eric, if you you're talking at the same time as Gordon. We any, can't hear either one of you. What'd you say, what, Eric? Well, if you put any, like, NBA athlete as a handball player, we would dominate handball. Just. Like if you if you if we played our best athletes in handball, there there wouldn't be any competition. Well, see, that's that's that's. So that's, why is handball a sport? That's what people from America say when their teams suck. Right. 
Big T's coming up next. We're going to talk to Thurl. We'll get his thoughts on the Jazz offseason. I, I, I mean, are you – you really don't care? About the overall medal count? No, uh, I don't care at all. Not one bit. No. Nope. Well, okay then. Stay tuned. More next. 97.5. Jake, Jake doesn't care. And 1280 The Zone.